0: Hello and welcome to The Culture Brokers, stories from 1.5-generation immigrants. In this series, we explore the unique experiences of individuals who immigrate to a new country before adolescence. Each episode will discuss different themes relevant to this demographic as they navigate through life while trying to understand what it means to belong to different cultures. Keeping in mind that everybody's experiences has been different and will be different, um, depending on when you came and where you moved to and what conditions your family came to Canada under. Um, one I, What I've found is when you get into the nuances of the experience, when you get into, especially the 1.5 generation experience, because that's the one I feel the most comfortable speaking about, whenever I've, you know, started talking about this podcast or these like conversations that you and I have been having with other people from different generations, from different experiences than mine, there's almost like a light bulb that clicks and I think that's Mm -hmm. interesting. I think that's actually really what motivated me to take this further because like, I, I don't think you and I are claiming to be the epitome of what it means to be an immigrant, but we're claiming that we have two stories that we think might be relatable, um, and we'd like to share them, and we'd also like to learn about this through this. Like, I, even you and I, you know, um, we, we've had so many things we've, like, talked about that's just been like, oh my god, yes, me too, I've mm-hmm. experienced this at that age, but then so much other, so many other conversations that we've had has made me realize that our experiences have been very different Mm -hmm. and I think that's totally fine like I think it's nice to actually like shift between one or the other
1: yeah well I think one time one thing that we a large thing that we have in common that I'm curious as to like what role that plays in this shared experience is our sort of initial neighborhoods when we came to Canada during those like early youth adolescence okay what's it so there's youth groups and there's adolescents the definitions are definitely vary like i know
0: when um for youth some people say it's up until 24 some people say Mm. it's up until 29 but um adolescents from what i know i it's like up until the age like throughout the ages of puberty basically okay um And I think that's what the generic definition of 1.5 generation has meant for me, but I don't think it stops there. And I don't think it starts there. Like, I think if you come here at the age of eight or six or five or four, like you're already entering this pool of Mm -hmm. in-betweenness. You could actually, I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, you could be born here, but you're so immersed in your, you know, original, like your family's culture that you end up knowing exactly what we're talking
1: about so adolescence or whatever (laughs) okay so then i guess so that's the thing right so we grew up or when i came to canada i grew up in Bayshore, ottawa Mm -hmm. you grew up in north York. north york and like you said your school and your elementary school and like your friends that i know and like some of my friends that you know we kind of are this eclectic group of people from all different places because that was like the amazing experience we had when we first came here right like i remember my neighbors really like very um very brown community but also like a lot of lebanese arabs a lot of other middle e- people from different parts of the middle east a lot of a really big somali community and a lot of other eastern africans east africans and it just made like school a lot of fun because you just learned funny things about each other and then you just identify those quirks as like attribute to individual characteristics rather than like a group, right? Like I didn't grow up being like, Oh yeah, like Lebanese people really do this. It was just so like attribute to like other people that you met. And things they had in common. So that was really nice and I think that really fit I was showing you that I sent you the picture this weekend of like the that class concert. And the visual representation of that was just, like, all these immigrants sitting there with their little, those little Canadian flags we used to get before holiday parties or Canada Day, and we're probably also getting, oh, Canada, then, or Merry Christmas with different spins of how to say Merry Christmas in different languages. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, the perfect, like, that, like, if you could have multiculturalism as a nativity scene, like, that is it, you Mm -hmm. know? just a perfect amount of tropes just like great like all the props are there a bunch of like little very cute immigrant kids and i think that is when it was like in my memory was like okay that is like the mosaic of canada that you see that you see a lot in popular culture this idea of like canada is this i don't actually know you know what i actually don't know if i grew up thinking canada was um, a mosaic like the same way. You learned it in school, but in terms of how it was represented on TV, because a lot of our TV was American TV. Mm-hmm. The Canada I saw was on TV was a very, like, white Canadian into, like, winter sports. Said A a lot. Hockey. I think of, like, um, I met your mother. Did you watch the show? Mm-hmm. You know Robin? And yeah. She, she's, like, Canadian, yeah. right? <laughs> like, she says, like, a boot. Yeah. Yeah
0: it's i I see what you're saying and actually like that's exactly what i well i didn't think of it at the time because it was so natural to me but in retrospect there's been many times in my like you know adult life where i've thought back as to the conditions that i grew up in and i was like wow that was perfect Mm -hmm. um because i it was so normal for there not to be one dominant way of being where it's that i feel like everyone felt comfortable and safe and I mean, I'm only, I can only speak from my experience, but um, I just was not used to ever entering a room and feeling like there was one group that was like the dominant group, right. you know, yeah. which was amazing in so many ways. But then I start to also think about how um, there were some incidents where, like, I had one of my close friends move from our high school to a uh, high school in, like, Midtown, Toronto, mm-hmm. What a really, really you know affluent neighborhood majority um a white community but it wasn't just about that it was about the kind of people she started meeting and the family she started like interacting with and the kind of information that she would pass on to me Mm. and it both her and i were i mean her on a much deeper level but um we're just sort of like taken aback by our vision of canada and our experience of Mm -hmm. life versus a, a community that's just like 20 minute drive from us. Um, And at the time we would joke about it and maybe sometimes have some sort of like genuine conversations about it. But later on when we got together in our like, you know, mid 20s, we were like, oh my God, like that was, you know, just like hard hard evidence Mm -hmm. as to what it means to, um, you know, have your parents so economically and socially and civically integrated into this community this into this like society that they know that like your summer activities have to be very organized and very interactive and dynamic because that makes you like a more well-rounded individual. you know it should be a part of this sport team and that um, music class mm. and et cetera right. And um, here's because this is how you're gonna prepare yourself for university and your career and so on and so forth. And then to contrast that with me and a lot of my friends' experiences, we honestly would, like, go months on end in the summer just, like, not knowing what the heck we're doing. Yeah. Just meeting up in the same plaza doing, like, shit all. And But, like, like we were all good students. Like, we were doing what we needed to do at work and at school. But when we went home, I, I never remember my parents, like, they were they had so much they placed so much emphasis on grades but they didn't fully have a grasp on Mm -hmm. the other parts of the society Mm -hmm. and now in my life i don't know if it's just the field that i'm in or if it's the kind of person that i am but i can't like social capital is a real thing and so i guess to kind of like cut it short i think the most ideal scenario is, like, the vision here is, like, a diverse mosaic, like, the environment we grew up in, where no one feels inferior because of their culture or ethnicity, but strong social capital, strong, like, diverse tools um, at a kid's disposal as to, like, how to build, like, strong foundations for the rest of their lives, you Mm -hmm, know? mm -hmm. I just think so many of my friends' parents and my parents and just so many of the people around me were too busy ch- dealing with the challenges, challenges of being an immigrant to, you know, think about how else they could, you know, put their kid in a better stage to, like, deal with, you know, the challenges that are kind of g- going to come up with, like, young adulthood or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not that it's, I think it's unfair, per se, but there's an inequality there, right? For sure. Um, but then that's when it's interesting, because that's when people like us come in. Because mm-hmm. I would say even my own sister and her friends and her generation were still, when my sister, so if I came here and I was nine, um, she would have been, like, 17 at the time, 17, 18. So she, her and her friends were, like, I, I would say it would be harder to... Categorize them as 1.5. Um, they had spent a majority of their school you know a- a- education like high school years um, up until high school uh, in their home country so they had like a certain system and like hmm. certain culture in place already um, so I would say exactly like around the people who came around my age we were the gap we were the we were the bridge basically of mm-hmm. being like, hey, like I know you think that we're just here to, get really, really great grades and go to university, but did you know that other people are out there doing like this, this, and that? Yeah. Um and then being able to sort of defend that as not just like slacking, but having some sort of significance to Right. You know? Um but yeah to me that's what's so important about our generation. Like I think um we were talking about this earlier, but if there's like a wave for like immigration waves um always have like that one stage with the 1.5s being like the connectors like Mm -hmm. for our communities we are that and it's just so important that we like pass this information on to new immigrants Mm -hmm. and to new 1.5 generation immigrants Mm -hmm. you know
1: yeah and it's that's a really interesting point what you just described is like there's like almost a difference between what we experienced through family, ex- you know, the family immigrant experience, which is very much a shared experience, and I think that's a slight differentiation between, you know, older immigrants or you know, second generation immigrants, or immigrant children. Not to say, not to generalize every, you know, every person's individual experience with it, but second generation, when you're born in country like canada and your parents have maybe already gone through that whole experience of you know like belonging or integration or however you want to call it you're not you're not going through it with them the same way you know what i mean whereas i think for us like there was experiences where we are equally just as much of an immigrant as our parents and i like there's like funny stories for me but like i remember like even what did my mom you know the q-tips I forgot what she <laughs> called them she called them cotton buds because <laughs> in Bangladesh they call them cotton buds or in Zambia they call them cotton buds that makes a lot of sense I mean that's what they're literally called but q-tip is the brand and so we called them cotton buds at home and then like we went to Zoll- I'll never forget like we were pretty young when right? we went to Zeller's so and like, this lady did not understand at all <laughs> like my mom was like where are the cotton buds and this lady was like I have no idea like uh, sorry like how and we're all like <laughs> like just equally confused right and that was like a shared experience of like equally feeling othered or different and so there's a beauty to that because you kind of grow up with them or you experience like this new immigrant title with them they wear it I think they w- for sure they wore it a lot more heavily than we did being like little shits that just went to school and like with their other immigrant friends right but there is a different sense of like what you said in terms of like grades and expectations and like that's something that we have to do to fit into the world here but there's like what does it mean to like navigate that how do you have access to things to like increase your social capital and like I it, w- it wasn't for me until I left Bayshore in middle school and I went to like this area in Canada, which is like the suburbs of Ottawa which Ottawa has suburbs and uh I went to like a very a lot more like predominantly white school and I remember th- like being from Bayshore there they were like oh like you're from Bayshore like that was like seen as like an area that was supposed to like either had like lower socioeconomic status but well known in a not so like in a not so great way but because you're young it's cool to be from like a community that has low socioeconomic status right so it's just kind of a weird fetishization of that but i remember there is when i they was like music classes and people all had an instrument and i had to get i had to to get the clarinet and the whole year i just practiced alone in this fucking (laughs) soundproof room So actually like that was not a good musical learning experience but Things like that. And you see, like, other kids who... And you're like, yo, mm-hmm. this whole time people are learning, like, musical instruments, like, teamwork, band, collaboration, like, mm-hmm. harmonization. Like, all the social skills that come from learning how to play an instrument at a young age, right? And then not having that in other schools. and But I think that's when I start to sort of pick up on, like, okay, there's different ways and how to navigate things. People play a lot of sports. There are a lot of, like, a lot of different leagues. Um a lot of extracurricular activities that and that opened my eyes to a new kind of way to navigate the world around you even at that young age like learning that there's other skills you should be learning or you might be behind in learning and there's a lot of people I know that never got to experience that so you're saying there's diversity and like variance
0: in different 1.5 generation immigrants social capital
1: yeah because I know people who, like, you know, and this is, like, a, at least in the South Asian community, this is, like, a big stigma, right? Because there's people who came as economic immigrants, and they had to get, maybe, they had to go through getting their degrees recognized, so they wanted to have to pursue education and, like, get their professional designations again. So that's, like, one stream of experiences. And then there's people that we know are, like, hustlers that have come to Canada, and they're they take up any job that they're able to provide for their family and and there's and that's also a different experience and you I don't know how to like say this but I think that does shape sort of how you belong like I I feel like if you're I don't know it's really tricky because I don't want to speak to anyone else's experience and I think that's all it really is like speaking from my experience the 1.5 immigrant And and for me and my friends, has been characterized by this idea of, like, yeah, a very diverse neighborhood. A lot of people that you know, but almost every single one of these people I know, they've been kind of that diversity is sort of marked by, like, a lower socioeconomic experience. And I think there is a literature to all this. It's not, like, because if you have a community group that's like a that has a lot of different ethnicities or is like a hub for people to migrate to when they first come to Canada, those areas typically are not meant to be like long term community stays, right? Like they're um, like a good sort of landing board, mm-hmm. and then you the idea is, or with the immigrant dream, is like you generate enough capital and then you like upgrade from those neighborhoods into like a suburban neighborhood with whatever your white picket fence but it like it also is leading to brain drain in these communities like it also leads to like these communities being seen as very much like exactly that like an immigrant neighborhood that's just not for like long-term settlement and then so by that you have a different like you have a different, like, tax base, you have a different, like, electoral group there. So just the needs of the group and the community and then, therefore, the services that they get are kind of, like, this vicious cycle that tends to stay on, like, the need, like, nice, like, needs to have more so than the nice to have. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I could tell right away the difference in my, like, suburban neighborhood in Ottawa. When we moved, it was very different. Like, the school was different. The services were different the community obviously was just like more single homes or townhomes and then therefore I think they had MPPs and stuff that were more involved in like community and you'd see them more and like I would hear about them more there'd be like block parties and they'd come out you know what I mean like the way that civic participation changed by that community was very different from Mm -hmm. my original community in Ottawa but that's the place that I, I look back and I reflect with the most gratitude of like easing my integration into Canada and making me feel so proud to be Canadian at that age, you know, starting really young. And everyone I know pretty much had a very similar experience. Mm-hmm.
0: I, so I definitely think the 1.5 um, generation, or immigrant and their social network will vary and it it's just sort of inevitable like I can't imagine somebody who moved straight to like somewhere in the middle of Saskatchewan or another less um, you know urban city in Canada and a less like multicultural city in Canada would have the same experiences that I did mm-hmm. I my parents chose Toronto partially because of the very large Iranian community that already exists here that already within itself just takes you like so many steps further because you come in here, you know which neighborhoods you want to be in if you want to like increase your chances of meeting people from your own community even something as small as like being close by to the local like Persian grocery store is such a game changer Mm -hmm. because um, naturally first of all like a lot of other similar um, you know, restaurants and chains and all that will like gravitate in this to the same area. So, you know, you want to make your traditional homemade meals, you know, where to go to get mm-hmm. the ingredients. Okay, that's amazing. Like, if you're feeling homesick, here's that restaurant. Like, that was, I'm sure, essential in like defining my family's experience in Canada. Um, whereas I really can't imagine mm-hmm. how it would have been elsewhere. I barely, I've only been to Quebec and. Edmonton outside of uh, of Ontario so um, but I feel like what's interesting and what would be really worth like emphasizing is the fact that it's the 1.5 generation immigrant despite the social network that like they're coming into that has so much um, potential and ability to connect these dots together that we're doing right now. Like, I think that's what's important. It's not that you get in here, you get everyone to the same level of social network or social um, capital and expand their network, you know, at a similar pace. But I don't know, to me, it's about recognizing that there is this one person in this family, like, and I'm kind of like imagining my own family, family at this point that understands the needs and the desires and the ambitions of the first generation but also understands the um re- tools and the resources that people who are like native canadians um have at their disposal and can kind of like be the like filler of the unknown unknowns it's like these mm-hmm. like like I, I think back to a lot of people in my community who like every single person who comes here from Iran is like, from what I understand, um, pursuing higher education or going to like start their like is. There are so many resources out there that are like government funded or publicly funded just to help with that transition and I I'm not speaking for everybody, but I know that there have been many incidents where I've come across people who did not know that these even existed, mm-hmm. and at the time there were many times where I was too young to be able to like connect these dots as I as I'm mentioning. But now and then, like later on in life, and also especially now, I'm like, oh my god! Like someone needs to like get this information out there. Like somebody needs to make them understand that it's not. Just on them to like carry this heavy burden of integrating and assimilating and um, figuring out like just like everything that comes with immigration especially in the first three years the first five years that are so difficult you know it's like psychological financial physical you know adapting to the winters Mm -hmm. here all that stuff there are things out there sources groups organizations, um, civic communities that are there to just make this f- easier for you. Um, so I think it, sh- it would be great if we could sort of get people who are like us to feel more confident and first of all, understand the role they play in their own community. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And then also like get them the confidence and um, you know, like the resources they need the information and they need to be able to go back and give back to their own community.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that, understanding the role that you have in your community. And I think what we talked about earlier today is that this is like where we are, where we are in the world right now, there's a really unique opportunity for us to kind of narrow that gap between our community in terms of where you like feel like you belong, in terms of like your ancestry, and do the representation of that community here, and in many cases, that's the representation that has been missing, right? Like it hasn't even existed. I don't even. It's only through recent years that like this like, concept of like Bengali people, for example, as being like a collective and wanting to mobilize and finding like commonality and, like, cultural tropes because it's a relatively new country, like, 40 years, right? Like, there hasn't been, I guess, that time to really kind of collect yourself and identify yourself as a community group. So that's happening. And so you see different types of representation come out for the first time that hasn't existed before. And that's why today I I sent you that video of Rami Youssef, who I think is so cute because (laughs) he's just, like he's just himself right he's just a regular guy that like identifies as arab muslim and for him it's like whatever like that's just he's just like any guy that i knew in middle school you know what i mean mm-hmm. that isn't trying to necessarily politicize his identity it's just who he is and and how he sees the world and then you see this face on like seth myers and he has his own show and um to me it was just really nice to see that not because that is like that representation is who i am but it's so amazing how even a piece of your identity being represented on media for you to consume and see reflected back on you like makes such a big difference 100 right like here's a dude and he's i don't see myself in him necessarily but like he's that like a part of my faith like to see that like normalize and not like this uncomfortable awkward thing it was really refreshing and that's something that never existed before we didn't have like this is a new thing very much a new thing
0: it's a really powerful thing and that's sort of what excites me so much about it is i'm noticing it in myself it's so much easier for me to connect to maybe it's because of the conditions we grew up in i don't know but it's so easy for me to connect to different immigrants from different backgrounds that the only thing we have in common is the fact that they came here on the same time as me mm-hmm. even though we have like religious differences and ideological differences and just so many other things but just speaking about and connecting on the topic of otherness and Mm -hmm. just what that feels like navigating that is so can go so deep that it just feels like nothing else matters like I think if um I'd spend like much like more of my life in Iran and then came here maybe it would be harder for me to make these connections I don't know Um, maybe I'd have stronger feelings about faith and all that um, and so much more but maybe not maybe the experience of immigration in this day and age is so powerful and strong that it almost like erases all these other boundaries Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I just I just want to like capitalize on that Mm -hmm. and I think like what you just sort of alluded to is this idea that you and I talk about a lot, which is like using language to, as like, almost like a weapon to strengthen yourself and to realize that, um, okay, the first step is like self-acceptance. The first step is understanding and acknowledging all the confusion you're experiencing, you know, like growing up with these two different cultures in this new country, with your family who's also like going through their own integration process. And all the effects it has on you, um, on top of everything else that any like normal person experiences, like going through puberty and all that. Um, So it's like you you're going through all of this, but if you just have the power of language, if you just understand and are patient with yourself, because you um, you've you, you know like you know how to like draw these boundaries for your experiences. I think that. Is soothing. I think that's just brings a lot of like peace into someone's life. And then once they've kind of like reached that point sooner than we did, hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, they can then have so much more time and energy to focus their intention on whatever it is that they want. Maybe it's to give back to their community. Hopefully, it's it's to give back to their community. Maybe it's not, but that's fine too. Um, Not claiming to have that there's like one strict definition Mm -hmm. for 1.5, but that there's just so much potential in it.